It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know. And if you think you know about superheroes and comic books... Think again. We got romance. We got action. Romance. We got comedy. We got everything you need, man. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance. What part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know. All right. So come on down to. Su- Wait, why did I say come on down? To superhero stuff you should know. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Fafalius, and I'm the producer of Chris Makes a Podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder Podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can check out our website at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. of horror movie night this week we are talking about jack brooks monster slayer from 2008 as picked by scott scott how about you tell us why you picked jack brooks monster slayer well this one's been on my list for a long time and um it probably should have stayed there because it does not hold up no we can't have winners every single week (laughs) i'm not saying this is a loser but i'm saying that there's stuff that i have slated that i would have been much happier discussing. How did you first see Well, first of all, Brian, was this your first watch for this one? This was my first watch. And the big credit I will give this movie, was it a great movie? No. But same thing as like the girl getting shot in uh, House of the Devil. Like I at least was held on to the ride enough just from the flashback scene of his yeah. parents getting see, killed. See, that's my least favorite part of the movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's so dark. Yeah, no wonder I don't like it. It's like, I want some realism in a movie called Jack Brooks Monster Slayer. So I remember this movie, I believe it was either the director of the movie or the star of the movie was on like an early, early, early episode of Geekscape to promote it. And I was like, oh, that seems fun. So I went to Best Buy and like grabbed the DVD because it came out right around Halloween and I was going to have people over at the old apartment that I used to live in with Shrop and yeah. Click. Mm-hmm. And we were, like, having people over for Halloween. I was like, oh, we'll grab this for Halloween. And, like, we had a good time watching it. But I also remember that it was, like, a bunch of people hanging out. So we weren't really watching it. You know what I mean? Like, we were, like, 
talking and going about our th- our lives and then it'd be like oh that was a pretty cool thing and then like we go back to like not looking at the movie so i haven't thought about this movie since that night and like when i popped it on i was like i remember this was pretty good like it's all practical monster effects which is pretty cool but like excluding the two or three monsters that pop up in this movie it the comedy is is a real stretch at point like they're it's a very try hard comedy is what I'll say. Yeah, it's like caricatures of people, which is my least favorite. Yeah, like, it's the also- guy who's hitting on his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, that or- that guy was like the, the only thing I do like about this movie is the fact that it is a straight nostalgia trip back to the MySpace days with the way that the girls were dressed. Yep. You yeah, know, I, I do I do absolutely love that and half of my notes are like Man, those were such atrocious fashion choices, but I can't help but feel like happy seeing them because I haven't watched this movie since probably 2010. But uh, to answer your original question, Matt, um, I bought this on a whim at Best Buy. I knew nothing about it, um, but uh, it looked dank uh, and it had Robert Englund in it. And I was like, eh, you know, what's what's 20 bucks? Because I, I didn't have like a car payment or a mortgage at the time. So it seemed like a good idea. I think I bought this and this is a really weird and will not be my double feature. High Tension. Great movie. I, I mean, it, is it? We'll never discuss it on the show. Um, but <laughs> no, it's a great one-time watch. I mean, yeah, I it, was, it was intense. had no idea what I was watching. I put it on and I was like, oh, foreign film, whatever. I just remember being blown away by the twist. Well, Maybe I'll tell me for it. Which doesn't hold up on second. Like when no, you rewatch it, it, it makes like, no sense. It's oh, this really... twist makes zero sense. Yeah, the twist gotcha. is not set up in a good way. But the funnier thing about it is that, like, I'm going to make a blanket statement here. And I think that it's probably true just for, because this was like the internet was around, obviously, in 2008 or nine. Because, like, high tension would have been 2007, I want to say. Am I, I might be wrong with that, but it's like 2006, 2007. Yeah, yeah it's um, that mid 2000s release. Yeah, yeah. So I want to say that 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 was what most of middle America had as their introduction to new French extreme. And that's why it was impressive to us. Maybe people that were more hip had seen martyrs or, you know, like inside Mm -hmm. or all that shit. But like, I feel like high tension is kind of the training worlds for new French extreme. And that's why it kind of got so much notoriety when it came out because it had like a much wider distribution. And I feel like it was just talked about more. It was a best buy, you know, like that's, I maybe yeah. martyrs was there too, but I wasn't going to, you know, buy martyrs. I also think that it had a better cover. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lady with a fucking circular saw. I mean, fucking great. Yeah. Like this is mm-hmm. at a time where a cover can grab someone's attention. You got a, a, a cute girl covered in blood, holding a circular saw. You're at least going to be like, what the fuck's that about? Yeah. Versus like inside that's just like a, a stomach with a pair of scissors next to it. And you're like, oh, I definitely don't want to watch yeah, that. Yeah, and I'm pretty <laughs> glad that that wasn't my introduction to New French Extreme. And I'm glad that I still haven't watched Inside because I don't want to. We're going to get some hate mail for this, I think. people Because like, no, I, I know I, some people I in the group that... like are going to be like, you guys are such wimps. You don't like New French Extreme. Yeah, because we like to sleep at night. You know, like we don't yeah. want to think about grossness. Yeah, I just missed the train, man. Like I never had like a gore fetish. But I definitely had a stomach for it more. Like if I would have saw Martyrs and shit when I was like 23, not that I'd be like, this is awesome. But like at 30, I just don't want to. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like <laughs> I, have, I, I don't I don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Jack I, and Brooks I, is even grosser, grosser than I actually want it to be. 
Yeah, I, I think that Jack, I mean, Jack Brooks is just like tonally all over the place. And Jack Brooks reminds me of like a lot of those movies that were, it's very much what the direct to DVD releases were oh, in yeah. every genre. Like this reminds me of a movie that I that I own that I, I got from when I worked at the video store. And when I saw it, when I worked at the video store, I was like, man, that's a really funny movie. I can't believe it's direct to video. And then like rewatching it recently, I'm like, oh, <laughs> it was called Bunny Whipped. And it was like no a super it was like a superhero movie about like a guy who becomes a superhero named The Whip. But, like, it was starring Joey Lauren Adams as she was, like, just on her downward post, like, chasing Amy and Big Daddy, like, descent into just, like, you know, $5 bin cinema. And I was like, all right, I'll give this a shot. And, it, like, at the time, we're like, oh, that was, like, actually pretty funny. It was a nice, like, parody of, of superhero movies. And then I watch it now. I'm like, this is, like, the lamest. <laughs> like, like, the sense of humor is just, like, well, this is just to make our friends laugh. And like, that's as far as it goes. And that's like this, the humor of Jack Brooks, like their idea is like, Jack Brooks is funny because he's got a short temper and he curses a lot. You know, Adam Sandler, it's that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take out the actual humor and it's yeah. just white male rage the movie, uh, which is, yeah. it's very frustrating to watch. Like, uh, but the best part about the first 10 minutes of this movie has to be that one time Regina George punched me in the face it was awesome. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, I don't know her real name, but I know she was that character in Mean Girls. This movie is all over the place. But every once in a while there's a good line. Like like the one line that was actually funny enough that I wanted to write it down and talk about is like the Harbinger of Doom character that's like giving him warning yeah. not to work at that house. And he tells him like the whole flashback story. And he's like, That thing bit your hand off? And he's like, Yeah, and he's like How'd you dig a hole? <laughs> it's like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, th that's the thing is it's so, so fucking uneven. Um, but I do think it's really funny that I funny, not funny, haha, but funny. Like Scott, you really made a bad decision with this movie is not one, but two dogs get eaten in this movie. Yeah. This is the biggest mistake I've made for a horror movie night pick in a long fucking time. And it's not because it's like a, horrible offensive movie but it's just like really not what i remembered it being scott's like this is the worst horror this is the worst horror movie night pick since our last host <laughs> am i right <laughs> so one of the notes that i wrote down is like is the song beyond the sea just extremely affordable because i it's feel everywhere. like it pops up a couple times in this movie and this movie is cheap yeah. And I feel like it pops up in a lot of cheap movies. Yeah, man. It's also like really tonally inappropriate for the movie. Not like that it's offensive, but it's just like dumb. Like, why is yeah. that the movie? Why is that the song? It could have been fucking Don't Worry, Be Happy. It would have been a lot funnier, you know? When did Kevin Spacey do Beyond the Sea? Because I wonder if they were like, fuck it. It's culturally relevant. I don't know. Yeah. I think that, that was probably after Jack Brooks, though. No, I think it was before. I want to say that that was like 2004, 2005. I'm going to do a quick Google search. But this is another one of those films that reminds us there's not a whole lot of convincing that needs to go into getting Robert England to be in your movie. Yeah, they're like, here's a paycheck. And he's like, fuck, fine. Yeah, him and Danny Trejo are just like, let's do it. But the thing about Robert England is that he's like, such a classical actor, and Danny Trejo is just like rough and tumble, like fuck yeah, I'll be in your movie, you know. Well, I love, I love that Danny Trejo has like literally said, like I've listened to him in interviews, and he's like, 
Yeah, I just like doing movies. He's like, I've done so many movies for like a sandwich and 20 bucks because like... <laughs> oh, like, man, he's like, if someone... going to be in our next podcast. <laughs> well, because like his whole thing is he's like, like he's kind of got that attitude. It's weird to say similar to Lloyd Kaufman, but like, like he's just like, look, if there's a bunch of college kids and they're shooting a movie and they want Danny Trejo to be in that movie, who am I to charge him a couple hundred bucks for it? Like, Does he just speak in a third me. person, though? Because that yeah. would be a douche move that I would not want Danny Trejo to do. <laughs> to to be fair, Danny Trejo does own a truck, a taco truck in L.A. called Trejo's Tacos, and there's at least a 50-50 chance when you go there that he is on the grill cooking the tacos. All right, guys. See, that's just We're going. That's awesome. And the fact that he's like, I can't charge a college kid a couple hundred bucks. It's like, yes, you can. Like, I, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? No, you're worth Danny Trejo. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's the the most important part of this movie truly is when when Robert Englund becomes the basically like the Jabba the Hutt demon. I would go a little bit more obscure with my reference and say the um, Shadow King demon, but I don't think as many people have watched the Legion TV show on FX as have watched Return of the Jedi. So we're just going to go with Jabba the Hutt monster. I think it's a safe bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But um, I, I do love that someone gets... Oh, it's, it's the guy who's like with the big teeth who's like you gotta come and smoke hash that guy when he gets his fucking head smashed by jack brooks and then someone else gets their head smashed and smashed and then someone else gets stabbed in the throat and all i can think about is the cannibal corpse song called stabbed in the throat <laughs> like I, and I that's that's what i'm thinking about in this movie is like there are so many missed opportunities for just really blunt jokes you know like yeah. if you're gonna do it make it fucking stupid like that's what's so good about you know tucker and dale is that they're they're it's a lampooning of a genre and they really leaned into how stupid the jokes could be like there are dad joke level jokes in that movie i just want the listeners to know if you were confused why we're discussing this movie you just got your answer right there <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it's like they killed two dogs this is so out of character for scott this one guy gets his head smashed in, and then another guy gets his head smashed in, and then that guy got his head smashed in. It's like, there's the Scott Rogers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brian knows me dude, too well. <laughs> dude loves that head trauma. So I'm I'm rereading a book that I actually read at the start of the pandemic, but I was like, I, I've kind of been in, in like a examining comedy type mood. So I've been rereading the book Wild and Crazy Guys, which is about like the comedy scene of the 70s and 80s. But like, I agree with you with what you're saying, Scott, that like, yes, it needs to be stupid. But like also with using Tucker and Dale as an example or even using like mo a movie like the reference point for this was they were talking about the three amigos. And he was saying like that movie's a lot smarter than you think it is because it's hard to be that dumb without being very aware of like these deep cut references that the movie is like paying homage to Tucker and Dale is a very dumb movie that is also an extremely smart movie that like knows all of the tropes right, and plays yeah. against every trope and is like absolutely designed for like if you're in on like it is designed to be you are in on the joke you've watched Evil Dead you've watched like all of these people in the woods horror movies and like now you're seeing like that completely flipped on its head don't let me confuse anybody that listens to the show I fucking love Tucker and Dale. I'm not saying that it's anywhere near Jack Brooks. I'm just saying no, like, no, no. that they lean in better. But that's what better. I'm going to say is that Jack Brooks is only kind of stupid and not smart at all. Like <laughs> yeah. versus like 
Tucker and Dale is very stupid and extremely smart. Yeah, and it they tied the movie up at the end. It seems like a dumb enough movie that they knew there wasn't going to be a sequel. So why did it take an hour and ten minutes to get to like the monsters? You yeah. know, this is this is a movie that like it's called 30 Monster minutes, Slayer. Yeah. Like <laughs> you should it should just be him killing stupid monsters to get to the big monster for an hour. Yeah. That's what the movie should be. We didn't need an origin story for Jack Brooks. Exactly. Like, or if we did, it could be told in ten minutes and like yeah. just get to like Yeah, no, it's definitely it and I and I know that that comes with budget. Like I think that what they did with the budget that they had for the monsters that they showed is is fine. But like, I agree. Like it's if if you don't have the budget, here's the thing: if you didn't have that budget to be able to make Jack Brooks the Monster Slayer have a shit ton of monsters in it, that's fine. Make a short film, shop it around, and if people are interested, they'll finance you to like shoot the rest of it. Like you could have consolidated this movie into a 25 minute short got it to play at a place like fantastic fest and i promise you that there would have been at least one investor who would have been like yeah i'll double that budget so that you can shoot more scenes with monsters like it happens all the time that's how you get stuff like psycho gore man i don't know man what about it might have been an ego thing i don't know true i thought for sure i was i was shocked well not that shocked i was a little shocked to find out that the actor who played Jack Brooks didn't also write and direct the movie. You know, um, I did too. Uh, and, but it, he produced it, so yeah, it's still, he's still, still kind of on the, the hook. Pot. Yeah. Well, it's so <laughs> funny because, like, I just feel like the this movie was the clumsiest movie that we've discussed in a long time. And I mean that it as is, a clumsy fucking person. Like, basically, I break stuff all the time because I'm an idiot. And it's like, I, it's not that I'm like an actual idiot. It's just that I'm an idiot and clumsy. And it's like the people that made this were semi-competent. I mean, like, I think that when it's good, it's fun. But like, it's just they fucked up so much. It's But it's also very telling that like a movie like this, you know, you go one of two ways, right? Like you go the one route where you make this small independent film, but then like five or ten years later, you are making like more notable movies because people saw this little film that you did. And it like is, you know, you could go the James Gunn route. You know what I mean? Like James Gunn has a bunch of these tiny little films under his belt. But like he said, he uh, I think it's in one of the Lloyd Kaufman books. He said like he got Scooby-Doo because... On his resume, it said Tromeo and Juliet, and one of the producers of Scooby-Doo was a fan of that movie. Wow. Like, it's like one of those like crazy situations where like you do these small indie films, but if you allow your skill to shine, something can come of it. But then there's the other route that we also see very equally on this show, where you put all your money into this passion project, and your IMDb page is pretty much barren beyond that point, yeah. because like... It made no noise. But the the thing that doesn't make sense why they don't always go that route is it's it's like a win-win in my opinion. Like you can do this indie film that people see and love and like you'll get jobs from it. Or you can do this indie film that's horrible and no one holds it against you. Like nobody holds low budget films against people. Big budget films kill careers. Yeah. Yeah. Realistically, you know, <laughs> like well, that's you have the a fucking like Hollywood a, a flop. Small, a small indie film that no one cares about isn't going to kill your career, but it's not going to bring it to life, I guess. You know, no, but I mean, issue. if you, 
Yeah, and like I'm just saying, look up Kevin Hart's IMDb. Anything before Soul Plane, <laughs> and he was in some terrible, bad, low budget movies, and now he's a Hollywood star. Yeah, for it's, no reason. It's, yeah, for really. Yeah, but it's a lot of like, it's a for lot being of friends just, with The Rock. Yeah, yeah, he became friends with that was pretty much it. But like, you just take you take a lot of swings, you take a lot of options. But yeah, I agree with you, Brian. Like, it's kind of that Wayne Gretzky quote. Uh, you know, like you're gonna miss all the shots you don't take. So, like, mm-hmm. if you're up and coming, like, what do you have to lose? Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 you're a... already not getting paid to make movies, so, so you might as well. If you made, like, that's kind of the way I felt with like doing the We Know podcasting thing. Was like, I'm already not getting paid to make podcasts. <laughs> so, like, why don't I if try I make hard com- enough? <laughs> yeah, like it's like so. If I make this company and no one pays us for it. I'm at the exact same point I was before I started the company. It doesn't like, there's only yeah. up from here. <laughs> it is mind blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts, movies made of paper, wherever you get your podcasts. Free. Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance, we got action, romance. we got comedy, we got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance, what part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches, and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know! Alright, so come on down to- su- wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff You Should Know. But yeah, alright, so Jack Brooks- We've given you 23 minutes, which is actually shockingly about 20 minutes more than I thought we were going to get into with Jack Brooks. So, Scott, what is your double feature with Jack Brooks, Monster Slayer? And please don't take the one that I wrote down. The Kindred? Nope. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> and that's just because it's got a gooey tentacle monster and, and it's low budget as fuck. Um, although I would definitely start with Jack Brooks and end with The Kindred because you always want to end on a high note. I would start with Jack Brooks and then go, man... What a wasted opportunity for a low-budget movie about a monster hunter. And then I'd put on The Headhunter, which is a, oh. a great usage of doing a monster hunter movie with a small budget. That is a minuscule budget. like It's like $4,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's like stupid low. Yeah, and it is – it was – I mean, I still stand by that being one of the top five best horror movies that I saw in 2019. It might have even oh, been yeah, top three. It was – so damn good and i would watch that again in a heartbeat and it's totally not my style but it's also short like he knew what he was yeah, doing oh, he's like yeah. let's keep it 70 minutes let's just get in there show what i can do and get the fuck out of there the fact that that's the dude who did thanks killing is like just i talk about mind growth blowing. it's mind-blowing like, yeah like, <laughs> like that, that guy also knew what worked and didn't work and he like he took notes that's what i'm saying yeah. it's like if you do a movie or if you do any sort of creative endeavor if you do fucking anything take mental notes do better the next time if you love it you know like i i can't tell you how many times i fuck up a recipe or fuck up a song or well that's the thing it's failure if you use failure correctly it's the most useful tool in your arsenal yeah. and <laughs> like, I, I, I said i'm clumsy i'm also a huge failure so you know yeah. like if you see anything polished come out of my out of my life it's because i spent a soul crushing month working on not doing that you know I've literally, I have three scripts written, <laughs> fucking two documentaries with 
barely any footage shot. They just keep fucking going. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Like, Whatever. honestly, I got this from someone else that I was listening to, but but I stand by it. It's <laughs> like, I, uh, I, you I, shall not be named. Uh, yeah. No, but seriously, I have so many fucking projects going because what held me back for years is like, I'll start on something and hyper focus on that with writer's block. And it's just like, Dude, fucking go do something else. I don't care that I have like 10 unfinished product projects. I have 10 things that I'm working on throughout a year constantly. So so here's the funny. So here's the other thing. And maybe I should lend you this book next time I see you, Brian. But like that Wild and Crazy Guys book, they talk about how Ghostbusters, Spies Like Us, and Three Amigos, all three of those movies were scripts that were started. And then they decided that they sucked and they put them in a drawer and didn't look at them for over a decade. And then later, like, pulled them out and was like, huh, the script sucks, but the concept, let me just rewrite it. And they would sit down and rewrite it because apparently Dan Aykroyd was writing Ghostbusters for him and John Belushi. Mm -hmm. It was going to be a buddy movie. Mm -hmm. And he Mm -hmm. got the call that John Belushi had died while he was typing the script. And, Mm -hmm. like, at that moment was like, well, then I'm never going to make this movie because, like, this was just supposed to be for John and nobody else. And then, like, years later was just like... Ooh, I have an idea. Like I have an idea on how I can take that and do something different with it. And it's like, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not good. It's just not good for right now. All right. So Brian, what's your double feature? Well, based on the low budget aspect and the fact that you brought up James Gunn, I would uh, double feature this with Terra Firmer. Um, Any excuse, which right? Which is, yeah, man. I mean, I love that movie. I don't know the next time I'm going to watch it. Jay did come downstairs while I was watching it one time, and it was the most judged I've ever felt by my wife <laughs> since I met her. She was just like, "This is you like this? This is what you like to watch by yourself on a Saturday night? And then I was like, I like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scott, what is something that you've watched, read, listened to, blogged, recorded? whatever that you want to talk about speaking of creativity so i want to mention something that i watched after this but speaking of creativity and like the the concept of like hyper focusing on things etc that we were kind of going over i haven't told either you guys about this but it's been kind of crystallizing in my brain all of 2021 i want to write just a podcast mini series and it's it's only going to be like eight episodes maybe six episodes and and i'm saying it on the regular show because i want to Put it out in the ether as like, you said it, you need to do something about it kind of thing, you know, but I want to talk about the suspicion and like the the archetype of witches and, and the reality of why those things are tied to the imagery of witches. So like, Eye of Newt isn't actually an Eye of Newt. It's uh, like a folk term for a an herb, stuff like that. I just want to do like a cool, like deep dive breakdown for a couple episodes. It'd probably be about, you know, like... Two hours, let's say two or three hours worth of material total. Just, I'd be writing essays and then just, you know, narrating. That'd be awesome. Do a dovetail into, like, it's the research that I want to do for the next fake movie that I want to write. <laughs> yeah. And the soundtrack behind, the ambient music and the soundtrack behind the podcast episodes would actually be the fake soundtrack for the fake movie that I have wanted to do since December or so. I mean, there's... That's fucking awesome. That, that's, it's, it's been crystallizing all around this like little sand grain, you know? Well, we'll be sure to be promoting it very heavily when it's ready to come out. But what movie did you want to talk about as well? Made You Look. I watched a documentary with Megan. You guys know about this? 
No. It was on Netflix, mm-hmm. um, and it is super, super interesting. It is about... Is that about the fake art? Uh-huh. It was so good, guys. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot for me to get... Well, I mean, it takes like a really well-made documentary for me not to get judgy about it because like a lot of documentaries feel like they're leading you towards um, feeling a certain way about the topic, and I hate that. Um, but man... Major Look was really, really fun, and I highly recommend it. I mean, Megan wanted to watch it because she's an art history major in, from college, and she like she loves his, art and art history and history, and um, and she knew a bit about <clears throat> the whole situation, and um, it was just a really, really good documentary. And Brian, highly recommend it because I think that it would be a great way for you to kind of look at a different tone than what I think a lot mm-hmm. of what you have reviewed and kind of like internalized documentary wise it just feels like it's just a really different tone i love it it's really good yeah man i would uh i'll definitely check it out the the sad thing is is i so badly want to do a different tone documentary than the two i'm working on it's just that the opportunities that come to my face always include tragedy yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, speaking of documentaries and tragedy, uh, the thing that I want to talk about that I watched, and I'll I'll keep it brief um, because there's not too much to say, is that I did watch the the Biggie Smalls documentary that Netflix dropped this week. And uh, if you're even remotely a hip hop head, uh, it's a really, really great documentary. It sucks because it is like a tragic story for both sides, but it also really... I mean, Brian, you can, I'm going to out you a little bit, but you used to have those DVDs called Beef that was just <laughs> documentaries about rap beefs. But really kind of the last time that like a beef escalated to to murder on that level, because I think that people really, that really highlighted what happens when you basically surround yourself with a group of, a group of dudes who are filling your head with like, Hey, this is what this dude said. This is what this dude said. I haven't seen the documentary, so I can't say there may be more details that I don't know. But like the the most tragic thing about it was it really wasn't even a beef. It was they were friends. Tupac got shot and was convinced that Biggie planned it. And the whole time Biggie was like, all right, he's just going through something like he's going to come around. Like it was a lot of Tupac dissing Biggie, but with no response from Biggie. Like he was just like, all right, listen, we're going to be friends again soon. I just want this to blow over. And then Tupac got killed and it like really killed him because he was like, I thought that we were going to be friends again. Like I thought he was going to get over this and it was really sad. Yeah. But it's a well done documentary. Lots of great, like, like watching some of that footage, like they show a lot of like him performing live and I've never really seen a lot of Biggie live footage. And like, (sighs) he's so good. He's so good on stage; it's ridiculous. Is it where Brooklyn at? Where it's him and Tupac together? I think. Well, they show they show a ton of it because, like, his one buddy, like, just followed him with a camera everywhere. So it's like all this like backstage footage of him, like, like it's not like from the crowd's view; it's from like the backstage view filming him out on stage. You're just like, dude, this guy is going a hundred and ten percent on that stage. Yeah, man. Like just throwing hundred dollar bills into the crowd <laughs> where, while singing "Give Me the Loot" and stuff. Like, all right, Brian. So, what's your thing you want to talk about? I oh, the dude. For once, we're like I've watched a few things. I don't know what I should talk about. I don't know well, what I talked about Tuesday. I think I already brought up Judas. No, no, we haven't no, talked I think about. You just Judas mentioned and, to me that uh, you would watch Judas. Yeah. Oh, we I watched, watched Judas too, and the Black Messiah. Bring it up until you had brought it up, but man, it is that is heavy. 
it's like like I told Matt, I was like, it's heavy, but not heavy like like you would think in the sense of like Twelve Years a Slave or or oh. Roots, where it's just like right. you're like what you're like, oh my, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't like look in detail at what's done. A lot of it's implied, but it's still just overall very very fucking heavy, but very well done, very very well done. I liked it a lot. And Khalil, Khalil, <laughs> Khalil <laughs> acknowledged and remembered that my bong when we were 18 was named Frederick Hampton. <laughs> yeah, he was like, we became really good friends. But I remember seeing you and you had this really double XL Malcolm X shirt. And I thought, what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was horror movie night. That was Jack Brooks, the monster slayer from 2008. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh just another episode nothing out of the ordinary for that so tune in because it's just going to be a regular normal episode of horror movie night and you can check out our patreon at patreon.com backslash hmn podcast listening to the Geekscape Network. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance, we got action, romance. we got comedy, we got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance, what part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches, and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know! Alright, so come on down to... Su- Wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff You Should Know. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.